If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. This is only the beginning. Uh, be prepared to have another parade and another parade and another parade because we're going to make sure we bring not one, not two, not three, not four, but five-plus rings to Kansas City. You know, it's been 50 years. The wait has been great, but the wait is over now. And it's time to create a dynasty. And I want them to fully know that Stone Cold Jones is here to stay. Tech Nation is here to stay. And we're going to make a movie of this. That was Chris Jones. Uh, obviously, uh, now a rich man coming yeah. off that uh, contract. And Kansas City, you guys show me again, Kansas City. Show it to me again. Right. I, I'm not pencil. I told you this last week. I'm not writing you in yep. as a Super Bowl winner in the final four. I'm not. My man says he's going to show you five times in a row. So we'll, we'll see well, how it you know plays. They're not, though. Well, you know why? Because he's got the Colts going. So. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Okay. Okay. Laugh now. Cry later. Whoa. <laughs> I can't wait. I forgot who. who do I, I have the Chiefs going back. I have the Chiefs repeating. Oh, so, of yeah, course you go. do. Yeah. And uh, there's the four on the limb. flags. Yeah. yeah. Well, way to go on a limb. Way to go out on a limb. First of all, let's go with the Super Bowl champs. Do you know how hard it is to repeat a Super Bowl champion? So it's not really going on a limb now, is it? Yeah, it is. How's that? What are we talking about? Are man? they the betting favorite to win? Doesn't matter. How hard is it in the NFL to repeat a Super Bowl champion? Well, the Cowboys and the Patriots have done it in the last 20 years, so that's two. Two. Anybody else? So that's four out of well, the years. Go, go ahead so and take 20%. the Patriots out of it. Oh, take, take the, the Patriots. Patriots out of it. Take them out of everything. Take oh, out everything. Patrick Mahomes could be Brady. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe better. Yeah. I think better. But we'll see. Colts. Have fun with that. Have fun with that. <laughs> I'll be honest. I like the Titans' chances a lot better than the Colts, too. I feel like I'm almost willing to bet my house that the Chiefs don't win the Super Bowl. You want to bet your house on it? Did you want to make a bet with me? What? Will you give me final four for the Chiefs? Oh, you're scared. You're scared. Final four does seem a little bit more like a Huckleberry kind of bet. Yeah. But I would do it. You do final four? You'll right. be his Huckleberry. All right. Let me go ahead and lock that in the books here. Lock it in. Kansas City Chiefs, final four. AFC Championship. I like, I like my chances. All right. <laughs> Uh, right. Hey, FHSA had a board meeting yesterday, made the decision. We just talked about it on the previous uh, uh, segment for, for a couple. But did they make the right decision? I started to say, and I'll just finish what I, what I was saying there and then let you jump in because I don't think you uh, necessarily agree with them. Yeah. July 27th is the opening date for practices. They've been doing conditioning in some parts of the state and other things. But now July 27th, that calendar sticks according to the FHSAA. And then, I mean, like we're hosting like a Friday night blitz on August 14th. That's that's when games start in high school football. Mm-hmm. And about this isn't just about high school football, but it's the most prominent. Let's be honest. And dollars are on the line in high school football way more than they are in the other sports. That's just reality. Uh, that's that's not a knock on anything else. That's reality. So that's what's happening. Like right now, it's like okay, we're on. I mean, we'll see you at game time uh, on Friday night in a few weeks. 
I, I'm not convinced that's still going to happen because I think they're getting together again. They're going to review some of the medical advice, and, and I think we could see a change. We already have seen St. John's County say we're pushing back school three weeks. What does it mean when the school gets pushed back? Well, they don't know. I checked with some people today. There are athletic director meetings mm-hmm. that are taking place, I think, locally here even today, some more tomorrow, depending on which county you're in. And I think those things are going to be decided. I can tell you this. Coaches and athletic directors still really don't know. There's a lot that's unknown. They just got that first step of the ruling to say, hey, basically, it's up to you. Mm-hmm. It's up to Tammy Talley here in Duval County. It's up to ADs and uh, all over the area, all over the state. And and you will make those decisions. And so we could get a variety of decisions based on that. That's basically where we're at. I think we'll know a little bit more by tomorrow uh, or maybe even the end of the week when they meet again. I could see it changing again. They could vote on that to change again. I could also see... Uh, at least locally, again, once the ADs meet, they come to a, a group decision, so they're all on the same page. Because the one tricky part about the state of Florida is South Florida versus the Panhandle mm-hmm. versus Jacksonville versus Sarasota can be totally different. In, in ter- I should say totally different, but they can be different. Uh, so been, is California, though, Brent. Northern well, California, well, Southern can. California well, is just, completely opposite. They decided to be all yeah. on the same page. I yeah. mean, I, I didn't. Say, I mean, you can decide to be all on the same page. Sure. But my point in the difficulty is the feeling of it, like how much it's hitting home with you potentially in the Panhandle versus Miami-Dade County. Mm-hmm. Two different things, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, they were talking about. Like the folks down in South Florida haven't even been on practice fields here up in the Jacksonville area. They've been conditioning and doing things like that. That's my point. It's different. So that's where I think it's tricky. That's why having a uniform ruling is very tough. And that's why I think they came back to this. And in hindsight, now looking back at it, although I was critical of the meeting and why it took so long and why we couldn't have come up with that kind of decision in 10 minutes. And I'm also a little critical of why did you have a medical board that advised you to say football and, vo- and volleyball might be better off, will be better off. This is what their determination was. We recommend that let's uh, put them on hold for the time being, football and volleyball. Yet basically the board said, OK, thanks for coming. We yeah. appreciate it, but <laughs> we're not listening. Uh, yeah. That's essentially what they said so far. Could they change their mind? We'll see. Uh, so that's where we stand at it. But I also think the flexibility given to local schools, local counties, mm-hmm. because of the nature of COVID-19 and how it hits a variety of communities differently, might have been actually the smartest way to get there and go and, yeah. and, and give the flexibility back to the locals to at least play. If you have the ability to play it, it makes sense to play. What you have to be a little bit careful of is this random nature where sometimes it sounded like in that meeting, like we're playing no matter what. We yeah. need $8 at the gate, and we want to play. Yeah. Well, we're not even sure if you can have fans because of the amount of people there. So there's a lot to still get through in high school. Uh, you don't, you didn't really love the decision. No. Uh, do you fall more in line with the California decision or the Georgia decision? California said, let's play in the spring. Georgia said, hey, let's give it a couple of weeks. We're going to push it back. Listen, I guess where I fall right now is more of the Georgia decision than the California decision. Listen, I want to have high school football. I know how important it is to student-athletes to have that sport. I mean, I've, I've stated many times in the show, probably the only reason why I got through high school in the first place and got a scholarship was because my senior season of football in high school. So I understand the importance of it, and I want to see those high schoolers go out there and play. I'm all for that. What rubs me the wrong way, I guess, and what kind of makes me shake my head a little bit is this was a five-hour meeting, Brent. And in my opinion, nothing got accomplished in it. 
okay? And when you spin your tires for five hours and you have both sides kind of bickering back and forth and everything, it shows me one thing. Not everyone's on the same page right now. And I keep bringing this point up again and again, whether it's with the NBA, the NFL, or in high school sports. If there's not a, uh, if there's not communication and people are on the same page, well, then you have chaos. And to me right now what we have is a lot of confusion, which is going to lead to chaos. Now, when you bring a medical board up there and they give you their advice and they say, you know what, we probably wouldn't do it right now, okay? To me, that's that's kind of the, the cliff notes. That's kind of like, all right, guys, we're telling you guys right now, don't do it right now. Maybe wait two more weeks like Georgia does. Maybe delay it a little bit and let's see where we're at. Like, that's the medical field telling you that. It's not just one person. I assume it was a board of people, right, Brett? Yeah. More than one person. Okay. So when I take my son because he's sick and I take him to the doctor, you know what? I trust that doctor. I'm putting my trust in that doctor that he's going to do the best for my son and, you know, we're going to make him feel better. That's the part of the patient-doctor agreement. Like, I'm putting my faith in that doctor that he's going to do his best to make my son feel better. I think right now these doctors on this board are kind of doing the same thing, right? So I would much rather trust the board of doctors than I would some people in the stands or in the crowd that go on Facebook and write this long-winded post and get 200 likes on it. I would rather trust a doctor than those people. Just my opinion. Once again, not getting political, I'm just saying where I'm coming from. The last thing I just want to see, though, Brent, is I don't want to see the miscommunications, man. And I don't want to see people not on the same page. And to me, you had, there is no downside to delaying it two weeks to see where everything's at. What source is going to happen because you delay it two weeks? Nothing. And you know what? And if you delay it two weeks like you did in Georgia, and all of a sudden, oh, man, you know what? It's not getting any better. It's actually getting worse. Well, then maybe you have to make some proper accommodations, and maybe you have to pull the, the, the California route. My point is you at least make an attempt, and you at least plan, because I understand there's a lot going on right now with COVID-19, but you've had how long to prepare for this, okay? You, you've had how long to kind of take in the landscape and make decisions. And unfortunately, last night, I didn't see any decisions being made. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Uh, two things on my opinion. One, the doctor recommendations, that's what they're there for, to recommend. They're no, they don't sign them up and say, hey, whatever you guys say, we're going to do. Uh, and my point to that is uh, I think most doctors would tell you at some point in the year to get a flu shot, mm. but I don't. We don't always listen to the doctor recommendations, sure. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I feel like I've gotten a flu shot before, and I got the flu that year. So, <laughs> but, but, but let me ask you this. <laughs> but, but I'm saying, though, but if a doctor tells you, to, I mean, do you trust a doctor though? Absolutely. This is what I'm getting. Yeah. At. Especially in something like this, because it's something we yeah. haven't experienced and and haven't dealt with. Yeah. Uh, here's what I think they should have done. Much along what you just said, what what where Georgia was in the right on this is just take the optics of it. The optics of, okay, yeah, we're really thinking about this. We're, we get it. Yes, football's important. The gates are important. Getting back to play is important. But listen, just even for the folks down in South Florida who have been dealing this in a way harsher way than maybe up in Central Florida and, and Northeast Florida and maybe even in the Panhandle. Yeah. And now for uh, much of the population of Florida that it has become a bigger issue in the last three, four weeks. Well, let's just at least do – we're going to say – Let's hold off for a couple of weeks. Let's just revisit August. I think the smartest thing for them to have done would have been say, let's just revisit August 10th. Mm-hmm. What's it going to do to push it back for two weeks? And let's see where we're yeah. at. And at least it shows that. You're on the hey, same page about something. We're gonna, if they had come out of that and said, hey, we're going to do it August 10th. Mm-hmm. 
there's a good chance a lot of schools are going to push back anyway. We know that's coming. We we knew St. John's. Like I knew three days ago St. John's was going to push back. I didn't know how long, but we basically knew they were going to push back. So there's no doubt these folks on the board knew that they were going to end up pushing back school to some degree. So if they had just said, hey, most likely some schools are going to have to push back. There are some people who still can't even get on practice fields. There are some bowling teams can't get into bowling alleys in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's push back two weeks. Let's take a closer look at the medical advice. So then it looks like you took the medical advice into consideration. Correct. And now from an optic point of view, yeah, you'll still tick people off that say this is such whatever, you know. But at least you can say, hey, we're still going. We're still going to do it. Yeah. The idea is still to play. We're just pushing back two weeks. What's two weeks? It's not really that big a deal. So I think from kind of that, that optic view of it, what the right, wrong, who, what's the best decision, I think you almost – you could have appeased more of the masses in this if you had just done that. You'd still get criticism because you're going to get criticism no matter Regardless. what. Regardless. But I think they could have done it if they just said – August 10th, we'll start. Let's slide everything back. It's going to create some scheduling problems, but we'll figure that part out. Well, and to me, it looks like, once again, you're on the same page. Like, you're trying to come up with a plan. Like, what I got, and listen, I wasn't there for five hours. I didn't sit through it. But I can imagine if you go for through five hours and nothing gets accomplished, well, I'm sure it was a lot of bickering back and forth. And when you have that, it's like, well, all right, uh, meeting's done. Uh, I don't know. I guess the same way we did it before. It I wasn't mean, It wasn't like, it, it was pretty well done. It was it was a um, good conversation. It wasn't like somebody flying off the handle. That got animated at times, but sure. just it's not like this school board meeting that you see in, oh, in the no, movies, no, no, you know, yeah. where like people. Are, now I thought it's like sooner or later someone's going to go crazy here. Yeah, but yeah. they never did. I mean, they did a good job in that sense. Um, and they all had good views. I mean, there were decent views. Like the small school view, Bobby Johns was the guy out in the panhandle. He had some great views on, hey, if you morph our football season into our basketball season in a small school, well, now we're not going to be able to field one of our teams. Exactly. The, the football kids play basketball yeah. and play baseball at our school. So it's not like Bartram Trail where you've got all these schools and they're all specialized. So I understand it, but that's yeah. what you're talking about. You're talking about different. there are some really valid points. And all the valid points can be discussed, can be kind of uh, thought about a little bit more, and then even more maybe uh, medical advice, statistical advice, science, whatever it is, over the next two weeks, and we all still could have accomplished the same thing. That's what I probably would have done if I was in – now, this is a vote. It didn't matter what one person said. Mm-hmm. This was a 15-person vote, and it won 10 to 5 to keep the calendar the same way and put it on the – uh, local communities. And essentially, that's what I think the local communities will do. I think we'll see that over the next couple of days. So they might say, hey, we're going to hold off for a couple of weeks. They but, may do that, but they put it on them instead of the board just saying, you know what, let's make this easy for everybody. Get two more weeks to think about it. See, and, and listen, I'm sure like like a lot of boards out there, it's probably a thankless job, right? Because any decision oh, you make, it, it's going to come with Who wants to sit through a five-hour meeting? It's, it's going to come with people being upset with you. I understand that, but you guess what? You put yourself on that board for a reason, okay? And to me, if you're on the board, you have to make a decision. Like, it's not your job to pass it on to somebody else, okay? Like, they they were implemented for a reason, for situations like this. Now, once again, the vote and your opinion may not be the popular one, but it's part of your job. I guess the last thing I wanted to see was, man, 
I don't know. We'll pass it on to somebody else, and now it's their problem. Now it's you know it's each school's problem, it's each city's problem. I I just I don't like that, Brent. I would rather see a decision being made. You have to live with it, and if in two weeks or so you can adjust from it from there, then go ahead and adjust from it from there. We're gonna talk a little more of the high school stuff in just a little bit. Uh, Kevin Sullivan, who did the uh, color commentary for our game of the week last week, uh, he's been all over the place. High school football uh, hall of famer in the state of Florida, uh, now at Jackson once again, and kind of in the middle of all these discussions. He will join us or scheduled to join us uh, in about 15 minutes or so. So we'll get back to that. Uh, I want to talk about the Jags offense a little bit. And uh, this might uh, evolve over the the remainder of the show. The Jags are are predicted to be bad. The Jags roster is said to be not good. The Jags quarterback, by most people's standards, not folks in Jacksonville, uh, is is a short-term tryout that will fail. Uh, essentially, in 2020 and won't live until 2021. That's what Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott, and others are for. That's what the Jags offense is viewed at. They have a running back that should never have been picked in the top five, according to most. A guy that really gets, uh, from a playing standpoint, gets pushed down the running back ranking so much that you would think his stats were miserable. Uh, and really, if he has a decent year this year, his stats will look like they're pretty darn good. Uh, and we've got some thoughts on that, uh, some new metrics out that kind of indicate that. So that's kind of what the Jags are. And, and on top of it, one of the Jags' strengths that could be surprisingly could be a strength of theirs is viewed locally in town as an eyesore and something they didn't address and fix. Mm. And that is the offensive line. And so there's a lot going on on offense for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The the crazy thing about it is when you go into a season of relatively unknown, which every season somewhat is, but this one especially is in 2020 because of the pandemic and what's going on, it's especially true because the Jags have got a lot younger on their roster in total. They revamped their entire defense. They lost talent from a defense that really took over the league back in 2017. But what I think is kind of interesting about their offense is they actually do have some knowns on their offense. You kind of know what you're getting. The if question is where it, can it go? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, really the barometer of their offense. And that's why I think people are sleeping a little bit on the Jags. I think they're going to get a new philosophy, a philosophy that finally fits their quarterback, not necessarily their coaching staff or running back, but actually their quarterback, because you build around the quarterback in the NFL, really, and in football. And the Jags have not done a great job of that over the years. So I I like the idea of Jay Gruden. I'm higher on Minshew than most people are. I actually believe Fournette staying is a benefit more than uh, uh, some others do. And then I have the question marks. D.D. Westbrook, D.J. Chark, can he do it again? Can the offensive line be cohesive? Can the tight end room get anything? Yeah, There are question marks, but uh, that's my quick uh 90-second take on the offense. So I think we kind of share the same opinion about Gardner Minshew. We think that he's vastly underrated in terms of how the national media perceives him. I think we both expected pretty much a breakout year for Gardner Minshew this year. But in my opinion, the cog that makes everything go here is Leonard Fournette. And I'll be honest with you. Take Calais Campbell out of it. Take A.J. Boye out of it. If they would have traded away Leonard Fournette and maybe, let's say, get a third-round pick or a fourth-round pick, 
I would have stood up in my soapbox and I would have said the Jagos are tanking more than Calais Campbell, more than AJ Boyd, because to me, Leonard Fournette is the guy that makes everything go. I understand last year, Minshew gave us a lot to watch, right, Brent? But let's keep in mind from defensive coordinators' perspectives who played Garner Minshew last year, what was going through their heads. We have to stop Leonard Fournette. Okay, we have to stop Leonard Fournette. It wasn't so much of Minshew. Okay, I didn't see a lot of game plans to try to take out Gardner Minshew. Now I get it. Last game of the season, Fournette was out. You put the ball in Minshew's hands, and he did fantastic against the Colts. Now the Colts had some secondary guys out. They weren't fully healthy. Nevertheless, Minshew showed that he can win without Leonard Fournette. My point, though, going forward is you have to rely on Leonard Fournette to be that weapon for you to take some of that attention off of Gardner Minshew. Because the last thing you want to do is leave the defensive coordinators and say, you know what? We're not worried about the running game. Let's just shut down Gardner Minshew and see what he's really got. That's the last thing I want to do right now. I still want to be a balanced attack. And when we talk about Jay Gruden, we talk about a guy who loves to throw the ball around and get everybody involved. Obviously having a bona fide receiver in DJ Chark, like an Allen Robinson a couple years ago, that feels good. Okay, I feel good about DJ Chark going into this year. Now, maybe it's a little blind faith off of one season, but... I'm confident that DJ Chark is going to have a repeat of last season. I can't wait to see it. And you got a guy like D.D. Westbrook who every single year, he seems to be that sexy guy, right, where it's like this is this is the year the guy is going to break out. This is the year D.D. Westbrook's going to put it all together. He's going to be on your fantasy football hot list. And what happens every single year? Unfortunately, he doesn't. To me, if there is one year for D.D. Westbrook to break out, and I, I think I've repeated myself for the past year now, but if it's one year for D.D. Westbrook to break out, it is this year in this Jay Gruden offense. Because Jay Gruden loves to get the ball around to his receivers. doesn't just take one. It takes all three. So I think D.D. Westbrook could have a great year. And keep in mind, going to be a free agent next year, big year for him as well. And then you have the, the, the small pieces like Chenault coming out of um, Colorado. You know, guy squats 550 pounds. He's kind of the jack of all trades. Can play that quarterback in a wildcat if you need him. Can put him in the slot. Can put him on the outside. Can do a lot of things really well. You still have bets like Chris Conley obviously coming back. And then we'll see with Keelan Cole as well. So from the wide receiver position, I like it. Yeah, you like the wide receivers. I, I, I don't want to say I, I'm like halfway between liking it and loving it. Yeah. I'm like... Yeah, intriguing. So I like that a lot. And the running game, I think I like Leonard Fournette a lot more than people like him on the, you know, like in the Jaguars fan base. I still think he's got a lot to offer. I think now that you lighten his workload with Chris Thompson, where we don't need Leonard Fournette to be that three-down back, even though he's capable, but we don't need it. And now we have Chris Thompson coming on third down and kind of be like that slashing kind of back, kind of like the, the, the thunder and lightning package, if you will. I like that a lot as well. So I think from the offensive perspective, big question mark's got to be the tight ends, and that's kind of been the story all year, and also offensive line. Um, I agree with you, Brent, where I think the offensive line on paper, I'm not mad at it, okay? I think there's a lot worse offensive lines out there right now on uh, NFL teams than the Jacksonville Jaguars have. But it's once again, can they put it all together? Can Juwan Taylor take the next step? Okay. Can AJ can solidify himself as that starting guard? Brandon Linder, keep doing your thing. You're doing fine. Is Cab Robinson 100% healthy now? And can he pick up where he left off? You know, kind of struggled a little bit last year. And then obviously Andrew Norwell, paying you a lot of money. Can you play like it? So there are a couple question marks there, but it comes down to not so much of the talent on paper. It comes down to how do they gel as a team? And obviously Doug Marone being an offensive line or former offensive line coach, that's his responsibility to get him right. Well, here's the deal. Like, if somebody just, like, landed back on Earth from SpaceX, mm-hmm. you know, and didn't see last season and doesn't 
have like the Jags pegged as this team that always fails and never lives up to anything and is underperformed and has been miserable for most of 12 years. <laughs> what I would say about their offense is an offensive line that has experience playing together, mm-hmm. a fun quarterback. I stopped there. Because there's a lot to be written about Gardner Minshew still, whether it's a good quarterback, very good quarterback. I would say a fun quarterback, intriguing quarterback. A running back that has carried the load two out of the last three years, and if you look at his numbers, and again, don't dive too deep into where he was drafted and all the other stuff, but yeah, it's pretty productive. Uh, I think the ESPN rating thing, that the metric thing, had him as the ninth running back with all their metrics. That's a top ten running back. So if I just said that, fun quarterback, Offensive line that's experienced uh, with playing with each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, So some chemistry there. Top 10 running back. Pro Bowl wide receiver. Addition of a Pro Bowl tight end. Yeah. Addition of a third round back, which his team was missing. Mm -hmm. Addition of maybe the most interesting offensive player that has put on pads in a Jags uniform in quite some time in LaVisca Chenault. I mean, I think he really ranks up there with uh, – tell me somebody that, that he reminds you of, and it, you'll have a hard time. If I say that, man, I, I just – like I'm actually I'm, – I'm like looking forward to watching him. Play. Oh, by the way, an offensive coordinator who, who has had success in that position mm-hmm. as an OC, mm-hmm. you know, with the name Gruden. Mm-hmm. If you just landed from SpaceX, you might be a little bit excited about what I just told you. Yeah. Yeah, that's my point. We get caught in the narrative and all this stuff about Jacksonville and whatever. But if you take just take it away for a moment, I think their offense has a chance to be very underrated, pretty good, mm-hmm. and kind of fun. Yeah. And I don't know, again, you stop me. You can tell me, Brent, you're a moron. I mean, there's no chance that's happening. Or you, you, you this this sunshine and rainbows and hot summer sun is really getting to you. <laughs> but there's a chance. There's a chance of all that. But that's that's where I kind of see the offense. And that's why I'm a lot higher on him than, uh, than a lot of people are. So here's the thing. All right. I just said that Leonard Fournette, he is the cog, I think, that's going to make this whole offense successful or hot garbage. But at the same time, too, I think where a lot of the negativity comes from, Brent, is the fact that, and you know how I feel about the trenches. I, I'm always going to say this. The, the game of football will always be won and lost in the trenches. And like I said, their offensive line on paper looks good, okay? But let's go back to last year real quick, okay? And, and take take the, the play calling out of it. Take John Filippo out of it. I'm talking about when it's goal line situations, when it's third and shorts, when you're in the red zone. You know, how well the offensive line do in terms of making the right plays, not making mistakes, and not making penalties, okay? They were pretty bad last year overall as a cohesive unit. To me, that's that's where if I was going to rain on your parade, which I really don't want to, but I'm going to be honest, they didn't change anything this year, right? I mean, it's the exact same offensive line from last year. Now, given you added Ben Barch, but no one's calling Ben Barch to come in right away and be a starter, Okay. So if we're going off of last year's performance on that offensive line and we stick him with this unit now, we stick him with Jay Gruden, I'll be honest with you. 
I'm still that confident. Okay, I, I'm not confident of Gardner Minshew staying upright. I'm not confident with penalties, um, you know, not really happening. I, I'm confident that they're going to happen. I'm confident that the offensive line is going to cost some game-winning drives off penalties. So with that being said, it's not even so much the talent that they've acquired. It comes down to coaching. And it's so cliche to say this, but it does come down to coaching this year. It comes down to more specifically coaching the offensive line. And once again, echoing sentiments of Doug Marone here. Doug Marone is the offensive line guy. He's the head coach, but he's been there before. If he can get the guys to be play as a unit and gel together, then it's something special. But if we have a repeat performance of last year, and keep in mind, COVID-19, it's going to be hard to get everyone on the same page. If we have a repeat performance of last year from that offensive line, this offense will not go. I don't think Gardner Minshew is going to be that successful. And the last thing I want to talk about is four or five months from now talking about the draft. All right, Trevor Lawrence, let's get him in here because the offensive line let everybody down. Yeah, and and by the way, there would be a ton of criticism based on the fact that the Jags could have taken an offensive lineman instead of C.J. Henderson Mm -hmm. if they wanted to try to upgrade left tackle. They could have done that in this year's draft. Mm -hmm. So they took a big risk on Cam Robinson. We'll see if Cam Robinson delivers. And you know my thoughts on that. D.D. Westbrook, question mark. Cam Robinson, question mark. Leonard Fournette, to some degree, question mark. Those guys are playing in contract years. I love that. I love that situation when guys are playing for their life and and money. Yep. In the NFL. I think that is a good situation, not a bad one for the Jacksonville Jaguars to be in. I just asked this, and then we'll go to break. 23 and a half points over under. I'm setting the Jaguars offense to average per game. Over under 23.5. Keep in mind, this is a football team that's averaged like 15, yeah. 16, sometimes 18. I think a couple of times over 20 points in the last decade. That's it. I mean, Brent, I gotta see, I gotta see him in practice. But right now, I'm gonna say under, just because I think it's gonna be a low-scoring league this year. Just because, once again, I think offenses need time to get together, to get everything on the right page. I think defense is gonna have the advantage this year in terms of the COVID-19 landscape. Don't be apologetic. I mean, people could run to Vegas with the under on that. Sure, I'm more bullish on it, and I'm taking over. That was All the right. whole point of setting the line at 23 and a half. I like it. I put go Gardner, go optimism, man. I need like signs in here. Go Gardner, go. You you need to be his agent. No, no, no offense to his agent right now, but I mean you're you're his biggest fan, man. You might as well get paid for it. Wasn't Not there a true. whiteboard that was used, being used in there once upon a time? And no it's like retired. It I, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. I think the whiteboard got COVID nineteen. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure what no, happened. It's still, it's still quarantining down here. It's I need quarantine. some markers. Yes. Give me some markers. Uh, hey, when we come back, uh, Kevin Sullivan may join us. If not, we get. Uh, he might be in a meeting. So if not, we'll uh, have him a little bit later on. But more NFL talk uh, about the Jags and others. Plus a little hoop talk, too, on the way on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey, welcome back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane. Scott in for Coos. Set the over-under on the Jags, 23.5 points per game. That's a little bullish. There's no way Vegas would probably do the same. That's not a Vegas line. That's a Brent Martineau line. Yeah. 
It's a little bullish, though. That's the house line. I mean, go and get your cowboy hat and your, your face mask on because we're riding the bulls with this with this rate. <laughs> yeah. right. You say under, I say over. Yeah. Uh, what did you just say about Minshew's Madden rating? Oh, yeah. So you want to hear some more Minshew disrespect real I thought, quick? Well, since... yeah, the, the rating was like a 70, right? No, th- this is a different thing. And this, listen, Brent, you know how I feel about these Madden adjustments, right? I have right? never talked to Madden so much in my life. Well, can you get, can you do one thing for it? Can you book this guest? The man adjuster? Uh, Madden no, adjuster. No, I was going to, but not anymore because after this whole ordeal. So Madden ranked, and I guess there's a, for the quarterbacks, there's a break sack rating. Okay. Gardner Minshew oh, I saw this. was ranked 34th in the break How sack. How is that? I don't know. But here's what, get, get this though. So then, you know, Jacksonville Jaguars. Was Joe Flacco ahead of him? I, <laughs> for sure. Was Tom Brady ahead but of then, him? But then get this though. So then the Jaguars go on Twitter and they they show the video of him playing Denver, right? Where he broke yeah. those tackles. Fantastic I play. I saw that tweet. A la yeah. Brett Favre. Yeah. Well, then Madden comes back and says, oh, our bad. It just got increased to 79. Flex emoji. And then it said, ratings adjuster. Hashtag. So now we can just put out videos of, like, the previous year. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, sounds good. Like, what are these matting? Well, by the way, if you're going to give a rating to, to get Minshew and you didn't watch the Denver game, but this well, is, then I cancel you. Yeah, well, this is my point. Like, all you got to do now is just show one play from a different game and your rating just goes skyrocketing now to, to a 79? What does he move up to at 79? Do you, remember, do you have any idea? No, no idea. I'm not that much into it, Brent. But how crazy is that, though? No, Madden's rating a job. Well, because I don't know, man. I just, you know how I feel about that. That's all I'm going to say. I hope Minshew appreciates all the love we try to give him here did, on the show. Did you see uh, oh, Dak Prescott was complaining show. about it, too? Dak Prescott was complaining about getting an 81. I, ser- I seriously can't. And people were like, you know, dude, they cut you a big piece of the cake on yeah. that. I seriously can't. <laughs> Brent, listen, man. I don't want to put in my two weeks notice, but I'm going to put in my two years notice. If we go down the line and we're talking about football players and their Madden ratings and interviews, I'm done. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm done. We're head there. It's been, I'm just saying, it's been fun on the show, but if that gets the case and I have to come with a smile on my face and, you know, light in my eyes, I have to be like, oh, what do you think about your Madden rating this year? I'm done. Okay. Just want to put it out there right now. Thank you very much. What would Madden rating I, say for Kevin? I feel like you've totally disrespected your entire Twitch audience with that comment, though. That's all right. We'll see you guys on Twitter. I'm not, wor- I'm not worried about I it. I still love you, Twitch. <laughs> what I a love sell- anybody. What a sellout. Uh, oh, I am a sellout. Uh, we will bow rating? to no corporate sponsors you guys unless are, they write checks. You guys are really interrupting this <laughs> tremendous segue. Yeah. What kind of men rating would Coach Kevin Sullivan get? Now we're talking. High school Hall of Famer. I bet. I have get- you ever played Madden? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, I, I don't even know, but if I can get that job next summer after I retire, I'm I'm going to get that Madden rating job. I'm oh, right adjuster. How oh. many times are you going to retire? <laughs> <laughs> no, next year will be my last permanent retirement. Hashtag Michael Jordan. Hashtag Conor McGregor. You, you told me that before, man. I mean, now you're like, are you like the AD at Jackson? I don't. Yes, yes. I'm, 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 I don't know how I get roped into this stuff. I've been trying to hang out with you and grow my hair and everything like that. And uh, next thing I know, I'm, I'm going to be rating on Madden, which I don't even know what how to turn the controller on. My son's got an Xbox to the TV. He can teach you. you. He can teach you. I, you know, I'm really disappointed. You, you brought something to light this summer. I tried to rent an RV to go up to Alabama. I forgot you had one. I would have just rented yours. How's the RV? Have you been going anywhere? 
Oh, we went scalloping over in Beagle Beach for the anniversary uh, weekend. Had a blast. First time I'd ever done that. That was a great time, man. Yeah, so you could have taken it right after we got back. It was, it was ready to go, man. It's ready to go. I got to get myself an RV or at least a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, Even better. We can get you one. Uh, all right, man. So you're the AD at Jackson. Uh, take us uh, – what are you thinking these days? What are you thinking right now after yesterday's ruling? I mean, what, how are you doing this? I, I'm sure your phone's ringing off the hook. We appreciate you taking time this morning on CBS 47 and Fox 30 and then also today here on ESPN 690. But uh, all the questions, and I'm not sure how many things you can answer. What's the latest uh, from your viewpoint? Well, the, the thing that I think the most disappointing is our state association um, really not having a plan at all, knowing that everybody wanted to sort of move the season back a couple weeks. I think they could have come in and had a plan and said, hey, let's do this, let's propose this. But I was really disappointed in that whole thing, um, the way that was handled. I mean, it's not like this is snuck up on us like it did in the spring. Uh, this is something that they've been sitting around waiting on doing, and you know we got to have a plan. And then they, we got no help from them. Basically, it was like, "Hey, I'm not doing anything. Whatever you want to do, do it. We're not, we're not putting our neck out. We're not saying to do this or that. Good luck to everybody. You know, <laughs> yeah, really disappointed in the state association. Yeah, and you know what? There's a lot of people like that. And by the way, I think you got to at least people put time in. They're, they're trying. It's not like they're. Sometimes it turns out this way, and sometimes they just don't get the job done, and I think that's what we're talking about. But I also right. think, uh, as we visit with Kevin Sullivan, you know, there have been a lot of folks vocal across the state about the association. I don't feel like you usually see that. People will be a little hesitant to say something. People are kind of coming out and throwing the gloves on and not afraid to say something about the association. Is it, Could we see a long-lasting effect uh, about the FHSAA, the board, and, and some big-time changes ahead based on a lot of people's feelings uh, all over the state? Yeah, you know what's interesting about that, Brent, is that, um, you know, the committee that wrote the, the sports medicine committee that wrote yeah. the uh, thing. Recommendation, think, yeah. The, yeah, the board members might have gotten that before the meeting and read the dang thing. <laughs> you know, if we're going to try to make a decision on, on doing something right, and that's the first thing I thought that was weird. But the second thing was, you know, this is not a one-size-fits-all. South Florida is completely different than uh, the Panhandle. And even our area is completely different than the Orlando area and South Florida altogether. So this isn't something that you're going to say, oh, it's a broad stroke and this is how we're doing it and go to town. That, that to me, was probably the biggest disappointing uh, of the thing. And, uh I don't know. There's still going to be some pushback. I know there's a lot of counties that have pulled out. I mean, Orange County shut everything down. Yep. So in Columbia, they're having a meeting. Uh, we've got a meeting coming up here um, either today or tomorrow, and there's going to still be some more changes. There's just so much unknown. And, um, you know, I'm not a big fan of the, the committee that they had put together, but they brought in, they brought the doctors. They have their own committee to give you this, this, and this, and then just to throw it out. And have no recommendation. Uh, I don't know. I, I thought that was interesting, Coach. It's great to hear from you, man. Listen, I've been a big proponent on communication and everybody being on the same page. Now I understand right now with everything going on with COVID nineteen, it's hard to get everybody on the same page. But I think this is where communication is key. My question from you, and you know, 
coming from that, uh, you know, the, the conference last night and everything, and just kind of, I'm sure you've had your, you know, you, you've talked to some coaches and everything around Jacksonville. How confident are football coaches right now going forward in terms of all the protocols and how to handle if a player does get COVID-19? Well, one thing that we've done, and, and, and I will tell you, our district, uh, Duval County, our superintendent, and, and, and Tammy Talley, you know, our county athletic director, we've had a plan moving forward, and we've been scanning our kids, and they've created a QR code for the kids to scan as they come in and answer the question, and then we've been temperature checking them since June 15th at our place. And we've even gone so far as the kid calls up and says, Coach, I'm, I got a headache. Oh, no, you stay home today. You know, we, we're, we're not – if a kid at practice says, Coach, I think I'm getting overheated, we call his mom and send him home. We're not taking any kind of chances. I can tell you, uh, and our county has done a good job as far as doing the, doing the uh, temperature checks and making them fill out the uh, questionnaire every day. And our kids know coming in, they scan it, they go do, and then they go do their stuff while working out. So I was surprised that other counties haven't been doing that. Um, that are back working out that haven't been doing that. That was another surprise I had from that meeting. Uh, I think the main thing, Austin, on your question is getting everybody. We're coaches and the kids, and we, you know, we we want to know what we're going to be able to do so we can plan. Of course, we don't just throw the balls out. We don't just. We want to have a plan put together. So if we're going to start August tenth. All right, we got X amount of weeks to start. If we're going to start playing games after Labor Day, fine. If we've got to adjust our schedule, fine. We don't care. We just want to know as coaches our plan moving forward so we can relate to our kids, to our parents, and we can make our environment as safe as possible. Yeah, and I think the FHSAA kind of uh, could have done that. They could have at least given some guidelines yesterday to do that, the board, uh, last night, and that didn't get accomplished. Instead, now it's on the local uh, communities and high schools and, and to get it uh, together. How much uh, do you think – you just mentioned you have a meeting uh, maybe even later today, tomorrow. I think St. John's County is doing something similar with local ADs. How much will you guys try to get on the same page, Nassau County? St. John's County, Clay County, uh, you know, uh, Duval County, obviously. Will you try uh, Duval County being on the same page most important for you? You're at Jackson. Right. But will you try to maybe go along the same guidelines? Therefore, you could maybe schedule and play and, and kind of work along the same system as some of your neighboring counties. Do you think that could transpire? Well, I know some of the districts and stuff are going to have to transpire that because we do have some carryover, you know, with some of our districts playing in St. John's and even playing in Clay. And then, like, we're even scheduled at Jackson to play West Nassau week seven or eight, you know. So, of course, we want to try to keep as much continuity as possible. But at the same time, you know, we want to make sure that we are, if we, let's say we do move the season back and we're going to play eight games instead of ten that we want to make sure all our schools get the games that they need in our in our uh, county. But, again, we we do have good working relationship with our neighboring counties, and it's not like we're that far. It's not like we're traveling to Tallahassee or we're traveling to – even to Baker County might be a little bit too far also for us. Um, but I, I think there will be some dialogue between that and try to get a plan. You know, with St. John's not starting school to the 31st, uh, nobody's come out and said anything about playing football. If they're going to, I haven't seen anything that they said, hey, we're going to go ahead and start and we're going to just keep playing, but we're not going to school to the 31st. 
And then Duval has a big meeting on Thursday about our start dates and everything like that. So there's still a lot of can change here in the next week before Monday gets going. Oh, that's what I said since the top of the show. I think there will be a lot that will change. Even the FHSA a board is going to review that medical uh, report that was given to them. I think something could change there. Now with all the local authority on this, I think a lot of different things could happen. And like you just said, the news today that St. John's County pushes back, the word I got out of St. John's County from the folks I talked to is their meeting tomorrow, the athletic right. directors. And so I think we'll know a little bit more uh, by tomorrow or the next day on what they decide to do. Does does football and does fall sports, can they not be actually played until September now? Or could you still play games before school actually gets into session? Uh, that will be an interesting thing. Uh, Kevin Sullivan, athletic director at Jackson High School with us, uh, talking about the FHSAA uh, direction and what's going on. Uh, I won't keep you much longer. I know you've been real busy. But a couple of quick things. Do you think football uh, and fall sports will happen in some capacity this year? Yes, yes, I do believe we'll have some capacity. And I think a lot of the coaches have realized we may not be playing a 10-game season. But like I said, if we could get eight, seven, eight games, I think I think that's a bonus in, the, in this time what's going on. And I think it's important to pump home to everybody that, that doesn't know everything about the high school scene. We talk about the economics of the NFL. It's a billion-dollar industry. We're talking about 50, 60, $70 million in SEC schools in college football. Everybody gets that. But the economic part of this for football and for athletic budgets at high schools is a big part of it, right? I mean, it, it's oh, yeah. Friday nights are a big deal for high school athletics, and not just football, but for paying for other athletic uh, uh, sports and teams as well. Yeah, and what, and what people don't know, like we recondition our equipment in March, you know, from last season, and then and Rydell, the company that does it, we, we push the bill to fall billing. So there's a almost a $4,000 bill out there that there's, you know, we don't play football, we still got to pay that bill. Yeah. Um, and not counting what, what we're going to accumulate as far as um, uh, if we got to buy footballs, which are $75 a piece, and you got to have at least 10 for one every home, one game, you know what I mean? So there's like astronomical things. We, we could realistically, if we opened up and didn't play at all, we'd be 10000 in the hole right now without batting an eye and not being able to make up any of that fund besides from donations from outside the community. And, uh, you know, that's the other thing, too. Some of the people not knowing that we're going to play or not haven't been wanting to donate yet. Well, I'm not going to give you $1,000 for a sign on the scoreboard if you guys aren't going to play. So that's another factor that we're having an issue as athletic directors and raising funds and, and, and hitting our people. Uh, hey, you know, well, are you guys playing or not? Well, we don't know yet. All right, well, come back when you know you're playing. Type of thing, and and you understand the economics of that, also. Yeah, absolutely, and not only that, COVID nineteen has put stress on a lot of folks that would normally donate anyway. So uh, there's a lot going on. Hey, uh, Kevin Sullivan, we appreciate you taking the time uh, early this morning on TV, now here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. You know, you could have been driving around in your RV. Instead, you unretire <laughs> one more time, and you become an athletic director during maybe the most difficult time to ever be an athletic director in the history of high school sports. Likes a challenge. Oh, my gosh. Am I stupid or what? Come on. Likes a challenge. I, re- uh, I respect it. You're the man. Thanks like for jumping it. in. All right, guys. I appreciate you. All right. Uh, that's Kevin Thank Sullivan you. from uh, Jackson High School. A lot to still be determined. And I'll tell you what that means. You know what that means? That guy loves high school athletics. Go Tigers. Sports yeah. and students, uh, student athletes. And um, 
what folks like Kevin Sullivan. He could be retired in an RV driving around. Yeah, came man. out of it to, to help out uh, Jackson High School, and they're in good hands uh, in that respect. And so many other great athletic directors, coaches, um, and, and administrators around the area. You know, when you listen, when you watch the FHSAA board, and you saw some of the disconnect and kind of. It just didn't feel like they had a pulse of everything going on. Mm-hmm. And then you hear Kevin Sullivan, and he makes me feel so much better about it. Because now that they're making some of the decisions, I feel like they're going to do better with it. There's no exact one answer, right decision in all this. But I feel like people like Kevin Sullivan and others, now that they're making the decisions, mm-hmm. I feel like we'll, we'll, we'll make uh, better decisions. I, I think they'll make some more sense out of it. And I'm almost glad it landed the way it landed. It just took us a long time to get there. And I'm not sure it was the right thing to get there. But uh, I, I think it puts more on these folks' plate, like Kevin Sullivan, like Tammy Talley, like others. Uh, but I think they'll do the right thing. Yeah, and at the end of the day. Whatever that is. Well, no, whatever that's going to be, we will find out. And just to kind of echo you know, Coach Sullivan's um, comments a little bit, like, listen, whether you're a parent, whether you're a coach right now, or you should be a member of the, the, that board, um, it's all about planning, right? Like, you, you have to be able to plan to, to make the next step. And hopefully everyone comes together, they figure something out, and there's a plan going forward. That's the most important part right now is coming up with a plan um, of what to do. Yeah, well, here's the thing, too. Uh, somebody, uh, let me get this tweet. Uh, Jason Maloney, by the way, comes uh, says, Every void the FHSAA leaves open will be filled by travel sports. Eventually, that void will not be able to be closed. Hope they don't end high school sports by their lack of foresight. That is something, and it's a deeper dive, and it's something I need to even do more research on, but I've thought about it. If we do have some void of sports, travel ball has already taken over so much of even high school sports. So many recruiters don't even go to high school games anymore. They go to AAU tournaments or travel ball tournaments or whatever soccer tournaments. They do that. You can go see them everywhere. You don't have to go to high school events. Well, could this be another avenue for the travel arena rather than your high school arena? Mm. Uh, Could we get to that stage someday? I hope not, because then you're talking about specialization again. Well, you're talking about a lot of different things. It's such a deep dive into it, but he brings up an interesting point. Mm -hmm. And when you leave the door open on stuff like this, and there's nobody somewhere down in, I think, the Sarasota area, I think I saw on Twitter that said, hey, we might kind of get away from the FHSAA and form our own conference. Could you do that kind of stuff? Uh, based on this situation that's going on here in 2020. We'll find out uh, down the road. When we come back, 5 o'clock hour, we talk some football, a little hoops, and a thought or two on Major League Baseball as well. Could the Blue Jays play in Jacksonville? (laughs) Ah, it's wishful thinking. We'll talk about it on ESPN 690. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 